Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Do you know if your firm is profitable? Do you know how much profit you're actually making? Do you, do you know how much profit you should be making? Do you know how much you should be charging to make that profit? Well, you can learn how by downloading our free course, Profit for Small Firm Architects, right now at entrearchitect.com slash free course. My name is Mark R. LePage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise, all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. This is episode 227, and this week I'm speaking with Henry Dominguez about financial investing for your future. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, RCAT. The online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM, specifications, and much more at rcat.com. FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure. Spend less time on accounting and more time doing the work that you love. And Gusto. Gusto is making payroll, benefits, and HR easy for small businesses. Modern technology does the heavy lifting, so it's easy to get things right. Henry Dominguez, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. It's great having you here. Let me uh, let me introduce you to our listeners here. Henry Dominguez completed a Bachelor of Psychology, not architecture, but a psychology, before obtaining his Master's of Architecture from the Southern California Institute of Architecture, SciArc, in Los Angeles, 
where he uh, where he worked with distinguished professor professors uh, Hernan Diaz Alonso, Tom Wiscombe, uh, Dwayne Euler, and other thought leaders in the profession. He is uh, currently a designer at Neil M. Denari Architects. When I was in architecture school, Neil Denari was my inspiration. I loved what he was doing back in the 90s. I haven't really followed him much now, so I can't say that I know much about him, what he's doing now, but um, I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, so you're part of that team, and he's on the side, he's developing strategies for how architects and design professionals can invest in themselves and not just their clients. His goal basically, his really simple goal, is that he wants to help young architects and designers, and hopefully some of us more seasoned architects and, and designers, uh, to be more successful and financially independent. Wouldn't that be nice? So, Henry, welcome to the show. I appreciate you being here. Um, let's have a conversation. Before we dive into the subject of money and investing, and that's because that's what we want to talk about today, uh, I want to know your origin story. So go back to, to wherever you want to start. Um, Talk about how you became an architect and where you are today. Sure. Uh, Mark, thanks for having me. Um, so a little bit about my background. Uh, as you said, I have a, a bachelor's in psychology. And a, the, I think the reason why I chose that route was because I've, I've had a natural interest in, um, in helping people and, uh, and solving problems. And for me, uh, my, my family was involved in psychology. So it was a natural sort of uh, decision to go into that. Um, when I finished my degree, though, um, I did decide to go into or, or wanted to go into a more creative route. Um, and so when I started looking into things that I wanted to do for the rest of my life, um, architecture was one of those professions that looked really interesting to me. Um, I did have uh, some experience in high school doing some drafting uh, technical classes and, um, didn't really enjoy it that much, which I think is why I didn't do it right when I went into college. Um, but when I saw the amount of creativity that can go into the profession, if you go to the right schools and you work with the right people, um, that was something that, that attracted me into getting into architecture. Did you originally intend to be a psychologist? Was that the plan or did you sort of just take that degree and see where it was going to go? Uh, not really. Like I said, my parents were uh, in psychology. They, they they have group homes. They worked with autistic children. Mm -hmm. So I was always um, I was always around that sort of environment, and and I think that was that's why it was on yeah. on my radar. That made sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so you discovered architecture after your your psychology degree. Um, well, I so I I was suggested uh professor suggested that i get into architecture when um i was taking a drawing class mm -hmm. and this was just based on maybe a little bit of talent um on on the um drawing uh skill set yeah yeah and so um i went to a technical school while i was in high school and um that's basically when i when i decided i didn't like architecture uh, because it wasn't creative enough and, and I like solving problems, you know, and, and like I said, I like helping people. And, and so that's why I decided I would try out psychology. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, so, so you, you, uh, what happened after you graduated from psychology? Well, I, um, I decided that I, that I would want to apply to a master's program in architecture. Mm -hmm. So I applied to SciArc in Los Angeles. Um, that was in 2009. 
And um, I graduated from Syrac in 2012. Um, and, and I've been in L.A. since. So it's been just under 10 years that I've been here um, working as, a, as an architect professionally, um, just under six. Are you, are you licensed? Are you, did you take the exam and all that yet? I am not. Yeah. Um, I, I had intentions on getting licensed. Uh, right now, it's not something that I'm pursuing. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily see the, the value in it. Um, I guess it's because I'm starting to gain more interest on the, um, on the business side and the finance side, the investments and, um, and development yeah. uh, side of architecture, uh, which doesn't require a license. Right, right. Yeah, and the only reason I ask is because people are always interested to know. Um, sure. the, the, uh, so, so, so go on. So, so now, so you graduated from SciArc. Um, yep. And Denari is actually involved in SciArc, right? Uh, well, yeah, he was the director of the school for five years, right. uh, and um, he isn't involved uh, necessarily on a day to day. But he does go back. Uh, he's he's academically he's very involved. He travels around the world and does lectures, um, you know, all the time. Uh, he's still teaching. Uh, he was teaching at Rice. Uh, just this last semester, I believe he'll be going at, back to UCLA um, at the end of the year, probably in the fall. How, how long have you been, I, been there? Uh, I just started this year. It was earlier uh, mm-hmm. in the year, in February. So what are, you, what are you doing there now? I'm working on a couple projects, local, local uh, projects on, uh, in, in L.A. It's uh, an office building. And a uh, hotel. They're both they're both on Adams, and uh, basically Adams is getting uh, a lot of work done to it. There's a lot of development there, and so we are working with some clients that that have a few projects and have hired us to try to do a little bit more interesting work than what they're probably used to. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, we're, we're I was hired in um, because the the office has actually been expanding uh, quite a bit in the last year. Um, the team has grown, uh, from five people. I believe it was five people last year, uh, to about 15 people, wow. uh, right now. Yeah. That's pretty quick growth. Is yeah. It's, it's an exciting time to be, to be at Neil's office for sure. What, what inspired that? Is he just sort of f- shifted his focus from education to practice? Is that sort of, because he's been, a, he's been practicing for a long time. Yes, um, he was. He was a well-known architect in the '90s when I was in college, and yeah, and um, and so sort of what was the inspiration to start growing again? Um, I think he he's changed his focus a little bit. Um, you know, we're, we're all very aware of the paper architect. Um, a lot of the the people that I've been involved with, especially in school, Hernan Diaz Alonso, Tom Wiscombe, um, they're they're known more as paper architects, uh, being that they don't build very much. But um, Neil's interest is has always been in building and in construction, and he thinks that way. Yeah. And um, he's trying to, I, I believe, uh, focus more on those opportunities and and get get more start to get more work built. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the in starting with with uh, with LA since it's local. Yeah. Well, it'll be exciting to to see his future as he ramps things up and. And, 
and does some of the, the built work. It, I, I was in, you know, in the nineties, he was doing these like really mechanical looking machine. Yeah. I don't know what he's, what he's yeah. doing. I haven't actually followed him. Like I said earlier, I haven't followed him recently, so I'm not sure he's still doing that type of work, but, um, it, it, I'm sure it's creative and not, not traditional architecture. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's less mechanical, I would say, um, a little more graphic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, I actually, I was looking at, at your website cause you're, you're extremely creative. Um, it's hddesignlab.com if anybody wants to go check it out. Um, really, really interesting work that you've done, um, for design. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I've been fortunate to, to, to be able to work with, uh, really talented architects that, that, uh, work on interesting projects. So yeah. it's, it's the reason why I've decided to stay in LA, um, you know, after graduation is because of the, the potential and the work that, that comes out of the city. Um, so it's so far, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a good place to be. If you're, in, if you're in, inspired by modern architecture and creativity and so it's, sure. it's a, it's a good city to be in. Um, but that's actually, it, it, it it's interesting because I want to, want to get into why we're here. Um, you and I bumped into each other on Twitter um, your Twitter handle is invest by design. And, and as an architect who is all about business and success, um, that inspired me and sort of interested me. And so I looked into it and, uh, and you're building a platform. You're very early on, but you're building a platform essentially to help architects learn how to be more financially successful and to sort of know what to do and how to, how to invest, um, in their financial success. And so what inspired yep. you to do that? I mean, you're coming from, uh, psychology and into architecture and through SciArc and very creative. Um, what inspired you to sort of focus on investing in financial success? Yeah, um, I think that within within uh, finances, it's not uh, typically looked at as a creative sort of a profession or uh, you know process, but there's still some creativity there, mm-hmm. and I think that that. Um, the idea of being able to to solve the, the some of the financial problems was also interesting for me as a as, as something a personal project that I that I wanted to do a little more research on, and it 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 just seems like um, there isn't enough investment in ourselves um, within architecture, and and we're also not spending enough time thinking about it. Um, I know that a lot of us are very busy with our work and, um, you know, the, the more design time you put into a project, the less time you can put into yourself, um, and, and also your profit margins. So it, it's, it's a, it's a double hit because you don't have the financial, uh, freedom to, um, to invest, right. The, the extra money, um, but you also don't have the extra time um, to, to spend researching. So, um, I've been looking into how we sort of got here and where we are now and, and where we need to go moving forward, um, as a profession. Um, because it doesn't look like we've, we've progressed very much, um, in terms of, uh, when you compare it to the, to the rest of the economy, uh, we're, we're pretty far behind, and I think things, things definitely need to change the way that we work and the way that we think about our work as well. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and I think a big part of it is psychology, sort of 
separate from the fact that you have a background there. But I think a lot of the, the money question in architecture is, uh, is this fear of money yes. and, and fear, mm-hmm. n- fear of not only, you know, um, of what to do with it, you know, once I have it, what do I do with it? How, how do I make it mm-hmm. grow? But the fear of actually earning it, you know, there's this yes. whole psychology that we, sh- you know, that, that it's an art and that it's not about the business and about the money end of it. My message mm-hmm. for years now has been, you know, profit, then art, build a profitable, mm-hmm. thriving, successful business that will support yes. your art and you'll have a lot more fun to go build the architecture that you want to build. Um, Absolutely. And I know that you're, you have a similar philosophy in, in terms of that. Let's take a quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect, Arcat, FreshBooks, and Gusto. For years, when I needed information on manufacturers' products, I headed straight to Google. And then I sifted through the hundreds of results to find the one or two that might be the link to the product that I'm looking for. And more often than not, the link was not what I was seeking. It was either outdated or it didn't meet my requirements. So I went back to the search engine and I started all over again. This could take all afternoon to find the two or the three products that I needed. Sound familiar? There is a better way. Arcat, A-R-C-A-T, arcat.com. Find what you're looking for in seconds. Building product information, BIM, CAD, and custom specifications using their exclusive tool, SpecWizard. And keep it all online in one place using their cloud-based project organization tool, Charette. So make RCAT a part of your efficient project workflow. Just type entrearchitect.com slash RCAT into your internet browser and add it to your favorites. And then visit RCAT for every project. Find what you need fast and make more money on every project. entrearchitect.com slash RCAT. FreshBooks makes it simple to send invoices, post your expenses automatically, track your time for your whole team, buy project, and get organized with reports, communication, and notifications. And getting started with FreshBooks is ridiculously easy. Most people send their first invoice seconds after starting their free trial. The same goes for tracking time, managing expenses, collaborating with contractors, and viewing financial reports. Fast, easy, maybe even life-changing. And if you need help at any time, free award-winning customer service is just a phone call or an email away. And if you have ever had second thoughts, don't worry. On top of our free trial for Entree Architect listeners, you get a 30-day money-back guarantee so you don't ever have to worry about choosing FreshBooks. So give FreshBooks a try. It's free for 30 days. Just visit entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks and then let them know that we sent you by sharing Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks to access your free 30-day trial today. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially when you're a small business. You don't have time to be an expert in things like taxes and regulations, and old-school payroll providers just aren't built for the way that we work today. Gusto is making payroll, benefits, and HR easy for small businesses. Modern technology does the heavy lifting, so it's easy for you to get it right. No longer do you have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and great service for your team. 
And to help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. Sign up today and you'll get three months free. Once you run a first payroll, three months free. Just go to entrearchitect.com slash gusto. That is entrearchitect.com slash gusto, G-U-S-T-O, and claim your free three months of payroll processing today. RCAT, Fresh Books, and Gusto. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. What what can we do? What 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 are some of the the steps that we should take as a profession and as individual small firm architects to sort of refocus our ourselves on building a more successful you? Yeah, well, I think that um, a lot of us, and I know I know I was this way myself um, when I first graduated. I was I was not aware of what my um, where my money was going. And I, I wasn't aware of how much I was spending on clothes, on food, um, or even how much I was paying in taxes. And so it left me with really um, always when I, you know, when I graduated, I didn't have besides the school debt, I didn't really have any debt, credit card or anything. Um, but the first thing I started to do was really pile on debt little by little and starts to creep up on you. And if you don't know how to manage it, you really can get yourself stuck in a position where you feel really trapped. Um, so I think that first and foremost is, is having, uh, an understanding of where you sit financially in terms of what your expenses are. And if you can reduce that at all, um, so that you can start freeing up some of, some of your money and, and putting it into investments or towards investments, um, that I think is a really important step that um, would help as a as a starting point so for, do, for a lot of folks. So do sort of a personal financial audit, sort of go through your own personal yeah. finances and understand what you have currently, you know, um, in terms of assets, what you have in yes. terms of debt, um, and then where your money is coming from and where it's going, right? And where it's going, exactly. I think uh, one of the one of the first platforms that I used that was able to help help with this. Um, it's called mint mm-hmm. and it's a company started by Intuit. And so th- these are the same, this is the same company we do our taxes with. And, um, what's really nice is that you can see all of your accounts in one place. And this way you can see everything that's coming in and everything that's going out in one single platform. And it'll start actually categorizing it for you. And you can, you can set your own categories as well. So my, I know how much I'm spending during lunch because I go to the same places and I'll, I'll, I'll keep track of how much I spend per month while I'm at the office. Yeah. Mint is a great, uh, platform. I, I use mint as well, uh, for my sure. personal side. It's, it's into, it's the same company that, that does TurboTax and QuickBooks. Exactly. And, um, um yeah. I don't know if they still have Quicken, but they used to have Quicken. That's where they started. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, same company, uh, it, and it, and mint has really, if you've used mint in the past and thought, well, this is a little confusing and it's sort of clumsy, try it again because it, it, uh, it's come a long way in the last few years and it's extremely automated. Like Henry said that it, you can edit the, the categories and you can do a lot of customization, 
But really, if you just plug it into your accounts, it just that and the automation that it does will give you a tremendous amount of information about how you spend your money. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, at, at, uh, one of the things that I like to, to always say, and this, I, I do this with the work as well at the office, is, um, you know, you can't manage what you don't measure. Right. And so I'm constantly measuring, uh, you know, financially, I'm measuring uh, how much I'm spending on certain categories. Um, at the office, I'm, I'm measuring how much time I'm spending on drawings versus renderings and, uh, you know, DD sets versus, you know, transitioning over into CD sets. And it, there's 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 a constant measurement that I'm I'm trying to uh, to keep track of just for efficiency purposes. And so I, I try to do the same thing with my finances. So once you do this personal audit, and, and before we get in any further along, Henry is, yeah. not, is not a financial advisor. He has, he has no background on financial advisement. Uh, so he's not. No, I'm not. He's, yeah. he's not. Uh, so I want to make sure everybody <laughs> understands that. We're just two architects here talking about money. Um, and so I just wanted to put that out there so nobody says, hey, Henry said or Mark said. That's, to, to, yeah, I appreciate that. We're going to check that <laughs> box. Um, so let's, let's. So once we sort of do this personal audit, we know where our money's going and where it's coming from, and and we can start tracking it. And over time, you'll start seeing the the uh, the patterns, which is really interesting in, in Mint. Mm-hmm. And we'll have links to all of this in the show notes, so you can go to show notes and, and find all links to all this stuff. But what do they do next once they sort of understand where it's where it's coming from and where it's going? Yeah. Well. Um one one simple rule uh, that that I've uh, learned is that we should um, we should all be able to uh, put a certain amount uh, towards savings and um, and towards investments, and that number usually seems to be around ten percent of your salary um, pre tax. So if you're making let's say fifty thousand dollars, you should be putting away. Five thousand uh, dollars per year towards uh, investments, and and that's just a, a you know a personal goal. I've seen I've seen people. Mr. Money Mustache uh, has a great blog, and he talks about Wait, how he say was that able again. To, it's Mr. Money it, Mustache. Yeah, Mr. Money. Uh, yeah, Mr. Money Mustache. Okay, um, I've never heard he that. Has, I just wanted to make sure everybody else got that too. Yeah, he he has a great um, great blog, and he talks about it finances and what he was able to do to, to reach, uh, financial freedom. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, anyways, he, he, he was able to put away a lot more than that. And he, he was able to reach, um, his, his financial freedom much sooner because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, then it's important to figure out where you want to put your money into investments. Um, and there's many different uh, options for that. You can do managed accounts, um, like mutual funds, or you can go straight into the stock market. And um, there's also options within that, uh, including index funds, which um, are a little bit safer, I would say. And um, they're a little bit safer than let's say getting into a direct uh, company share, like uh, let's say Tesla or Google. Right, buying, um, buying stocks directly. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've, I've, again, this is more of me being able to track my process. Yeah. And um, 
I have been able to see that um, investing over time has had a, a significant return. Um, and, and my assets now have grown uh, quite a bit. And, and this is really just small quantities every month that I contribute. And over time, uh, they, do, they do pay back as long as you make, you know, ma- you, you have to manage your, your risk. There's always going to be risk. Um, so it's really just being able to, to manage those risks and um, learn a little bit about the companies that you're interested in and, and, and best, you know, yeah. you, you do have to take that jump. Yeah. So I hear, so from, from what you just said, I, I basically hear three steps. I say, I hear, uh, do a personal audit, figure mm-hmm. out where the money's coming in, where, how it's coming in, where it's going. Um, then number two is put together a budget, right? So you, so you're, this is how much you're going to spend on everything that you're going to spend on. And within yeah. that budget, you're going to take 10% of whatever you earn and put that aside for investing. Right. Um, and, and, you could do that in, in an IRA or, a, um, or there's, there's a bunch of different tax uh, yes. programs that sort of allow you to invest, invest uh, tax-free or tax-deferred. Again, we're not financial exp- experts, so go talk of, to a financial expert about all that stuff. But, sure. But, but sort of the, the, the idea here is to inspire you to, to understand your money, where it's, got, where it's coming from, where it's going, and then take a little bit of, a little bit of that and put it away for yourself before right. you go and spend the rest of it. Right. So right. if you invest right. in yourself first, um, then it's going to happen because I've done that both ways. <laughs> you know, I've paid all my bills. I've made sure everything happens. And if there's anything left, then it'll go in the investment. Well, right. There's never anything left. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and we should be looking at this the other way around, which is pay yourself first and then go ahead and pay for everything else. And you'll find ways to do that. Um, and, and I think that's a really important, uh, shift in, in your mindset. Uh, and I, and I think in your habits is making sure that you take care of yourself. Um, so that, you know, over time, uh, the, the goal should be that you can start taking care of others, whether it's uh, well, now I can start a business and start hiring people and have employees and, and give other opportunities, uh, for people to work. Um, so yeah, I think definitely pay yourself first. Um, don't, don't always worry about everyone else and then, you know, give yourself whatever's left. Yeah. You can, sure. you can make a much, have a much bigger impact on the world if you're financially comfortable. Cause if you, if you have all your bills paid and you have some money left over and then you have some money to do something with, now you can invest in other people. You can do, you can donate money to charities um, you can uh, support other other people who are trying to to uh, to come up and may need some money. It gives you the opportunity and the freedom to go beyond um, you know the things you want to sure. do. Because I, I think a lot of people sort of think the other way around. Okay, I'm going to s- spend my money and try to give away as much as I can and and you know not not make a lot for myself. And then and then it sort of backfires because you're not financially healthy. Right, and that financial that uh, that uh, financial illness almost because you don't have enough money um, starts affecting your person your your physical sure uh, well being as well, and then you it can't help anybody. Work. Yeah, it affects yeah, everything. It, it also affects your work, uh, so you can't be as creative as you want to be. 
Um, so I think that, yeah, definitely taking care of yourself will allow for, for more, even more creativity to flow. Um, so, so yeah, definitely, um, important to take care of yourself. And, and I think that that's one, one thing that, uh, we're not doing enough of is we're, we're taking care of, we take care of our clients before we take care of ourselves. And we need to start, we need to start looking, um, looking at that a little bit differently. Yeah. For yeah, sure. Yeah. I agree. And and I love that you're building this platform. You 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 this invest by design, you're focusing on young architects. And I think that's it's important. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of us who have been in the profession for a while, we're feeling the pain in terms of finances. We we need to sort of retroactively do a lot of this stuff. That's much harder to do when you have a family and a business and employees yes. and taxes mm-hmm. and all the other things that come mm-hmm. along with being a more seasoned architect. If you do this from the beginning, right, when you have no uh, real responsibilities or very few responsibilities as a, as a young architect, maybe you're not married yet, maybe, maybe you, you, don't, you haven't gotten your license and you haven't started a business yet, that's when you really want to start. You want to start when things are, yeah. are, are at the beginning. Because two yes. things. One, you can because you actually have the money to do it at that point. Mm-hmm. But two is that it, the sooner you start investing, the bigger that, that, that money gets at the end. So when you're sure. 50, 60 years old, that 5000 a year that you put away is now hundreds of thousands of dollars or, sure. or more. Uh, sure. And so uh, I love that Invest by Design is really focused on, you know, getting the, the younger architects, the young architects to, to pay attention to this stuff early. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that that's something that also isn't really um, available for a lot of us is, uh, you know, your, your interviews really, um, a lot of the people I've noticed are uh, people who have already been in the profession, started a business, and, and they've been in the profession for many years. Um, and so for me, looking at that, it's I'm thinking 10, 20 years uh, down the road. What about now? Right. What about what can I do right now? And, and I think that that's, that's where this platform is supposed to sort of um, bring, bring forward some of those uh, opportunities. And, and it should be also, I want it to be fun. I think that uh, this has been really fun for me uh, to learn more about finances and, and solving that problem without taking away time from the, my work yeah. um, and, and, and taking away time from you know, my quality of, uh, of life. And, and I think that that's also one of the concerns that most people have is, well, I don't have time to learn about this. And I don't have time to always check on my accounts and, and figure out, is this the best decision? Um, I think that uh, definitely we should start just taking the first step. And, and if you fail, it's okay. Because it's, it's, you don't really fail if you learn, right? And so I think the idea is if it's okay if you fall. It's okay if you lose some money. Um, and, and, and broaden your ability over time to take on more risk, right? And, and eventually you will be able to, I hope, um, more and more architects will be able to take on their own projects and take advantage of the value that they add to the world and be compensated for it, right? And I think that uh, there's, there's a lot of wealth being built in real estate and, and it's on the backs of architects, and if we if we can sort of shift that and take more more of a ownership role, um, we will be able to take care of ourselves 
and our family and have a better quality, uh, you know, life. Yeah. So is that is that your plan for the future? I mean, because I want to I want to sort of go go to the future in two directions. One, yeah. Uh, what is your personal future? Because Invest by Design is a is a is a is a journey platform at this yes. point, right? Yeah. It's you're documenting your journey from where you are to where you're going to go, right? Yes. And and mm-hmm. as that grows, it'll become more of an expert platform. But right now, it's sort of documenting your journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's what's your journey in the future look like? Where's your what's your plan? Um, well, so I'm I'm continuing to invest um, small portions, but that have now started to really um, uh, feel like it's a lot bigger, and I can now start talking more seriously about investing in real estate. And so my goal would be to, um, you know, I, my goals are usually trying to follow someone or model someone who's, who's doing what I want to do eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those people is Jonathan Siegel. Yeah. I think he, he, for me was one of the, the architects that really, uh, changed my mindset in terms of, uh, real estate and development. And I would like to be able to, to get to that point where, I can start um, developing projects on my own, and um, and if I if I think something should be, then it is, and um, and I'd like to be able to build a team with other architects, other designers, and um, and and include some financial advisors as well to make smarter decisions and and really be able to grow a company where people enjoy the work um, and have the freedom and flexibility. Um, that we really deserve, you know, for, for what we add to the world. Um, because we are adding a lot of value. Yeah, totally agree. And, and I'm, uh, I'm excited to, to watch you grow. Um, right now, invest by design is your Twitter. Um, you, you don't have an invest by design website yet, right? I don't, um, I don't yet. I do have, uh, I do have, something that I'm working on, um, to get started. Uh, it, it'll, it'll be more of a blog format. Um, but I don't have anything live yet. Yeah. I, I knew you were early. And when I, when I invited you on, I, I knew you were early. And one of the reasons I did is cause I'm excited about this idea. Um, okay. and, and I wanted to hold you accountable <laughs> to do this. I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> because I, 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 you know, just a little bit of back and forth on Twitter I had with you. I, I, I sensed that this is, this is definitely something that's needed. This is, this platform is needed for the entire profession. Um, sure. but especially young architects that to, mm-hmm. to focus on that early is so important because when you're 50 years old, your world is different. Everything yeah. is different. And so if you start early, you'll be more successful when you're 50, um, and beyond. And, and, uh, and so by having you on here, I can say, for one, I had Henry on when he first started. Um, and now look at him. And, uh, and two, I wanted to inspire other people to sort of follow their, their dreams, you know, to follow their, their um, they, if you have an idea for a platform, build it. You know, there's, there are infinite ways to get your message out. And Henry is getting his message out um, right now on Twitter. It's going to, to grow into um, a online platform and I'm excited about it. And so as you grow, Henry, and you want to, uh, uh, you know, get some of the word out about what you're doing and how you're doing it, 
definitely mm-hmm. hit me up because I'm going to help you grow it um, any way I can. Because I appreciate uh, that. I'm inspired by what you're doing, and uh, and I hope that you can inspire thousands more to, to do it as well. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate that. So before we wrap up here, um, I want to ask you the one question that I ask everybody: What's one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. It's a great question, and um, one of one of the one of the things that I've been doing recently is um, having the conversation with different um, different architects of small businesses and asking how well they're um, they're doing and and what are some of their challenges. I think that it's um, important to ask if you have staff to ask them how they're doing. How, what, what are, you know, what's their quality of life like? What are some of their challenges? What are some of their problems? Because um, it's really important to have a very healthy um, team. And, and I think a healthy team will allow for a more successful business and, and something that people would be proud of over time. And um, I think that being able to listen to your staff, understand them, uh, get to know them, ask them, even just ask them how they're doing um, is really important. And then and hopefully if people believe in investing, um, you know, in their future and in, and in themselves is uh, trying to figure out ways within their team that they can invest um, in themselves, whether, whether it's an education um, or, or going to conferences or, you know, anything, anything that interests, you know, the, the, the people in that office. Um, to make things just a little bit better because we're spending so much time, um, you know, every day in, 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 in our, in our spaces, in our office. Um, I think making it a little bit more, uh, pleasing for everyone would go a long way. I agree. On the web website is hddesignlab.com. On Twitter, it's invest by design at invest by design. Go, go check them out. Go, go, uh, Tweet them a thank you uh, and encourage them to keep growing this thing because it's an important thing. Uh, also on LinkedIn, you can find them at Henry Dominguez. Um, Henry, thank you for joining me here today and sharing your knowledge on Entree Architect Podcast. Mark, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. This is episode 227. What's your job? Your job is to share this episode with a friend entrearchitect.com slash episode 227. My job is to interview these great people and hear their stories and share their stories, their expertise, their knowledge with you so you can build better businesses. That's my job. Your job is to spread the word because I can't do this by myself. Your job is to share this link, entrearchitect.com slash episode 227. That's all I ask. Share it with a friend, put it on Facebook, put it on Twitter. Put it on Instagram, send it by email, tell your friend, word of mouth, do it. And tag me if you're on social media and you're doing this, tag me so I can thank you. EntreeArchitect.com slash episode 227. Go, do it now. Hey, and learn how to earn that elusive 20% profit that you should be earning every year. We can show you how. Download our free course today at EntreeArchitect.com slash free course you'll love it. My name is Mark Arlapage, and I am an entrepreneur architect. 
and I encourage you to go build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, share what you know. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.